God wants us to be prosperous in all things. Now, I looked at that word prosper, and that word prosper means to succeed in reaching. It means to succeed in business affairs and to have a prosperous journey. Now, life is a journey. And, you know, some, some little people have just started. Some are fairly well advanced in that journey. But our life is a journey. And God wants us to prosper in life, in our life. The first part of that definition of that word prosper is to succeed in reaching. So that begs the question... What are we reaching for? What's our destination? <laughs> if, you've, if, you've, if you're not reaching for something, if you're not reaching for a destination, then how do you know if you're going to be successful? <laughs> God has a plan for each and every one of us and he has a plan collectively for the church. Paul writes about that, you know, reaching forward to the, to the high calling with which God had called him. God has a calling. For, he has something for each and every one of us to be doing. And he wants us to be successful in that. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. It's part of his plan. Just as your soul prospers. Now, our soul prospers in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now you can have people in the world, they've got, they've got more things and, and, and resources than you can poke a stick at. They can do whatever they like, whenever they like. But so many of them are not prosperous in that true sense of the world because they don't have soul prosperity and the only way you get that is through your knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he's building in our lives and the direction that he's taking us. I want to keep reading out of um, James chapter... Oh, sorry, not James. John. Um, third epistle of John <clears throat> from verse 3. For I, greatly, I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. So we know that people have truth in them th through their walk. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. So there is a walk that God is taking us on, and, and we are seen from that. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth from his namesake, they went forth for his namesake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers of the truth. I'll read that verse again. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers of the truth. That word receive 
uh, actually means support. <laughs> Therefore, we ought to support such that we may become fellow workers of the truth. You know, there's a principle in this that as we contribute to what God is doing, there is a reward for the result that is achieved in that. So John's encouragement here, I believe, could be traced back to what Jesus taught. And just want to quickly look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. Jesus teaching here. He's teaching the fear of the Lord, confessing Christ before men, all manner of good things. And then he says in verse 40, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall, no, he shall by no means lose his reward. As we contribute into what God is doing and the work of what God is doing, there is a reward that comes back to the result of whoever's taking that, that message. So there is good ground, and it's, it's, it's for each and every one of us to sort out where the good ground is and so into, into that. I want to read that um, last verse, verse 42, out of the Message Bible. Not, not the message <laughs> the me isn't my favourite um, translation, but sometimes this verse 42, uh, I like it. Verse 42, this is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. And, you know, we can be sometimes. We can be overwhelmed by what God says he's going to do in the church, and the church is you and I. The church is going to reach the world. Think, oh, overwhelming. No. This is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. <laughs> Give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice and you won't lose out on a thing. God has you covered. As we link in, to his way of doing things, we open up the opportunity for God to recompense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have an economy which is so far removed from uh, the world economy. And Lord, we thank you for that. And just as we see in, in, uh, 
in the world around about us, uh, what the world economy is doing. Um, Lord, there's to be no fear in that because your economy is one that sustains. So, Lord, as we, as we give today and as we, uh, as we continue that life of worship before you, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would um, be faithful to your word. <laughs> and, Lord, we don't even have to ask because that's who you are. You are faithful to your word. And, Lord, as we give, uh, your word declares that we will also receive. And, uh, and Lord, uh, put it upon each and every heart, Lord, um, to sow into good ground into your kingdom. Uh, Lord, speak to us in that way. And, uh, and Lord, we thank you for, for what's going to be achieved through that and, uh, and the rewards that are promised. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, now, our um, giving is, um, there is an online uh, giving, which we, if you're in the church, you're aware of. And uh, if um, you are giving via envelopes, envelopes, there is a post box over on the table. Lord bless you. Thank you, woman. Not sure whether I'm on or not. Yes, I am. I'll pop it in my pocket. If it makes funny noises, I'll take it out, I assure you. How are we all this morning? All looking good uh, from here. <laughs> nice to see you. Um, I just want to share a testimony to start with. Uh, I, as you do when you're getting something ready um, to speak on, you have these little doubts as to whether what you get is what you should be saying. You know, Maybe it doesn't happen to you. It always happens to me. Just about. Anyway, I was under a bit of pressure from that thought yesterday and I uh, went to the ladies' um, breakfast. And um, during that, that time when we were just talking about different things, um, we were talking about uh, adding on extensions to, the, to your house and... Uh, and people were expressing what they might like to do with their house and what, what they had, had thought uh, they would like to do to their house and what's actually happened. Um, and one, one person, no names as yet, uh, said, um, well, they tried this and tried that and somebody else said, what about that? And they said laughed and they said, oh, well, you know, with God all things are possible. And that was actually the scripture that I'd had um, been thinking about. Now, I went home and I reread the thoughts and I thought, yeah, that's good. And then got up this morning and thought, oh, I don't know about this, whether it's right or whether, yeah. not that it matters. All, everything you say about God's word's fine and God takes it and he does miracles with it sometimes. And uh, 
So we came in, in this morning for a bit of a, a debrief early and Tim is sitting down the front here and he's sitting there for a while and then all of a sudden he said, um, I wonder what the disciples were expecting. I wonder what the disciples were expecting. And I had actually got a bit of a caption and I thought if they don't remember anything else that I say... I'll give the caption first and then maybe every now and then I'll give the caption unless you'll go with one takeaway. So the caption that I had was, have high expectations of God. So Tim asked the question, I wonder what they were waiting for in the upper room. Well, what were they expecting? I think that was the word you used. What were they expecting? Uh, and I would say that their expectations were high in what God was going to do because God had given them a word to wait and they knew that God was good so whatever was coming was going to be good. I don't know whether what they received was what they were expecting. I would say it was pretty... I don't, I don't think they would know that to the extent to what actually happened because it talks about a mighty wind or a violent wind coming. It wasn't just a little, you know received the Holy Spirit, it was a really big shaking and, and something extraordinary. But if you don't remember anything else that I say today, can I just say this? Have high expectations of God. Okay? Keep your expectation level of what God is going to do high. You can expect good things from him. He will do exactly what, what he's promised. And you know, sometimes we we lower our expectations because of stuff. We might, maybe it's time, maybe we've been uh, a long way on the road in the sense of travelling as a Christian and maybe God gave us a, a promise some time ago and it, nothing's happened. And we sort of lower, well, maybe if God said that, but maybe if, you know, I'll, I'll just lower it a little bit and that bit's been done. So we actually lower it. Or sometimes we lower our own expectations because stuff happens. I know I do this constantly because I set goals in the day mentally. Sometimes I write them down, but I set a goal. And sometimes my goal is just too extreme, absolutely too extreme. So in my mind, I bring it back and I lower my expectations of myself. But I want to just challenge you today, don't or keep. I like to have it in the positive. Um, just to have high expectations of God and keep them there, keep them at that level. And as I was um, thinking about this, uh, I felt that the words that were, I'm going to speak today are, in a sense, just a, um, what shall I say, a prophetic confirmation to some people, all right? So a declaration that's confirming something to you uh, as you're listening. So I may stop somewhere along the line and just say, uh, if that's you, just pop your hand up and I'll pray for you. So just, just expect a little bit, maybe it might happen differently today. Don't, don't get worried about it, it's all right, we're all normal, whatever normal is. Uh, so I, um, I looked up the scripture that that person had actually quoted uh, yesterday at the ladies' breakfast, and it came from a story about the promise of uh, Abraham having a son, a son of promise, uh, and 
and it was directly um, spoken by Sarah. So I'd just like to spend a little bit of time looking at that and as we go through uh, it, I hope that, um, yeah, I, I, I believe that God's just going to open up um, and reconfirm and maybe peel off a few more layers of revelation about the promises that he's promised you and the understanding of the promises that God has given in his word um, and just confirm to you the integrity, God's integrity. So keep your expectations in God high. Right, so I'm over in Genesis uh, 15 and I'm in um, verse 1. So it's talking about the Lord's covenant with Abram. He was not known as Abraham at this time. And it said, it says, After this the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Uh, Don't be afraid. I am your shield and your, your very great reward. And as I was, as I was sort of talking, about, uh, talking or, or, or thinking about that, that scripture, about the word of the Lord came to um, Abram, I thought about how the word of the Lord came out. To him it came in a vision and we know that yeah, there's going to be visions and dreams and all kinds of ways that God speak. I want to ask you, how did God come to you or how do you receive or have the word of God come to you? How does it come to you? Does it come when you're at home reading? Does it come when someone's speaking? How does it come to you? Or do you let it come? Do you let it come? The word of the Lord comes. Do you let it come? Do you give it time to come? Hey, do you open up uh, your heart in your ears of your heart to hear what God's saying? How does He speak to you? And you know, there's a lot, a lot in the church worldwide who are learning to hear God's voice and rehear God's voice. Can I just encourage you? To let the word of the Lord come to you. And also just to reflect back, did it come to you? What did you do with it? Did it come to you? Where did it go? Is it still working? So it came to me in a vision. It says, don't be afraid. And we heard a couple of weeks ago about that fear and faith um, buttons. Don't be afraid. It's amazing how many times God says, don't be afraid. Because it's got to be, our response has to be, a fear response or a faith response. Don't be afraid. Listen to my word. I'm going to tell you something great. Um, I'm your shield, and that means you're sovereign, you're king, and uh, you're very great reward. Now, Abraham, Abram was very rich, but God was his greater reward, or God was his reward. And so he begins to unravel a whole um, story, or, or well, say a um, conversation, begins to unravel between Abraham and, uh, and God. And, um, and he says, well, look, the promise hasn't come and it can't come because I haven't got an heir. And, uh, and I love this next bit. Abraham was sitting in his tent and God said, um, he said, uh, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to him. Uh, verse 5, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the, scar, uh, the stars, if indeed you can count them. 
Then he said, So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he accredited or credited to him as righteousness. You know, Abram was sitting in his tent. This was his little comfort zone, I reckon. That was his house, that was his home, that was his area that he felt pretty comfy in. He's sitting in his tent. And, uh, and, and he gets God's, you know, the, the word from God, this is what's going to happen. Uh, but he's sort of sitting there, you know, and God needs to bring his, himself physically and his thoughts physically into a much larger, much larger sphere, out of his little comfort zone. Come on, come on, Abram, come out here. You haven't seen it all yet. You haven't seen it all yet. You're just sitting in a little area where you feel safe. You really haven't come out. And you know, he took him right out and, and looked up at the stars. Now you know if you look up at the stars, and I, I've done this just a couple of times lately because there's been different kind of things happening in the sky and I've been interested. Um, but I must say, I hadn't done it for a long time. I did it recently. Um, and uh, I was amazed at the stars. I'd forgotten how amazing the stars were. I'd forgotten how immense God was. I'd forgotten that there is such a, a huge thing bigger than me up there, and it's all to do with God. You know, he said, come and have a look at all the stars, he said. And I believe in that place there, was, there are about... 8,000 stars that you can actually see. Now, I don't think he went 7,853, 7,854, and he counted them all. I don't know. I just think it was all too big, way too big. But God wanted him, I think, to just uh, get a moment where he says in himself, oh, God is greater, and raise his expectations Keep his expectations high. And um, I don't know whether you've done this recently, but I'm just, I just felt to say it as I was thinking about this. It may be even a physical thing. If you haven't done it for a long time, take yourself outside and have a look at the stars and have a good look at the stars. If you haven't done it for a while spiritually, take yourself outside yourself outside your little realm, what you're thinking about, where you're comfortable, take yourself outside of that and let God impress you with who he is. Let that awe and that curiosity and that wonder uh, just well up within you. So he takes him outside and he has a, has a look around and, uh, and then he believed God. So something really happened, didn't it? He believed, he just believed God. Um, now we know that um, uh, we know that God also made a covenant. If you go over into the next chapter, or we go over to seventeen, chapter after sixteen. So he promises. Um, he promises. Abram, that he's going to have a son. And then he makes a couple of different um, circum... Oh, he made the covenant of circumcision and different covenants and um, with him. But we get to a part, and I really like this bit, uh, in 17, 
and verse 15 and 17. After he'd made this covenant, he says to Abraham, as for, your, as for Sarah, your wife, changes her name, I'll bless her and will surely give you a son by her and I'll bless her so that she will be the mother of nations and kings of peoples will come from her. And Abraham fell face down and he laughed and he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Now I want, I want to note the laugh there. Um, some, some, some commentaries say it was a laugh uh, of joy. Some say it was a laugh of unbelief. I just want you to remember the laugh because the person who at the table yesterday at the breakfast who, who actually said with God all things are possible laughed as they said it. And uh, I think, I think uh, there's something in this laugh. Uh, and uh, so he laughs. And then um, in Genesis chapter 18, um, he gets visited by, uh, it says the Lord appeared to Abraham. So I think it was the Lord, but I'm not sure in what form, although it mentions three men. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. All, I'm, I, all I want to say is that Abram looked up in, in chapter 18 and verse 2 and he saw three men standing nearby and when he saw them he hurried from the entrance of the tent to meet them and he bowed down low. So he actually, he saw, I believe his expectation was always high in the sense of, where's God? What's he doing? Is, am I going to see him? And that's what expectation has. It's got this element in it that's active and it's always looking for. It's always hopeful. It's always, where is he? What's he doing? How am I part of this? It's like this active thing that goes on. Uh, so I'm telling you to keep your expectations in God high. Keep them high. Keep them active and rolling on. You know, actually doing something. Uh, it, took, it talks about the word of God being active and alive and energising and always, always working, you know. And I think it's that same activity that's within, within the, the concept of being expectant as far as God goes. We know he's good. We know he's going to do some stuff. We know he's promised. He's not going to let us down. Hey, where, where are you, God? What, what's next? Yeah. Where can I be in this? Yeah. And I believe Abram... Um, or uh, Abraham at that stage, he saw he had this attitude of, of you know, where is God? What, what can I? What's he doing? Where is he? Because he's called the friend of God, and so there must have been that closeness in his relationship. So he sees these these men walking towards him, and he calls them Lord. And you can go wherever you like with that, but what I want to want to just say is that he was looking, he was expectant, and then he welcomed them in. Gosh, he couldn't do enough for them. He didn't want them to leave. He ran up to them. He bowed down to them. He found some food for them. He washed their feet. He hung around while they ate. He hung around. He just wanted them there. And that's what it's got to be like. This expectancy within us, there's got to be something that's saying, where are you? Where, where? Come on. Come on, Lord. And you know, as soon as God sees that expectancy, uh, he responds to it. And it's the expectancy, 
it activates the faith, and the faith activates the promise. That's, that's about how it happens. If God sees you're expectant, you're really believing, you really want it, you want to be, you want to be uh, receiving what he's got, he's there. He's there on the spot, and he's, and he's extending what he has to you. And he's looking just for that um, expectant, you can put expectant faith if you want it together. And so he looks at them and it says, uh, right down the end of it, he couldn't keep them any longer, but he says in verse uh, 10, then one of them said, I surely will return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And so Sarah hears it. She's eavesdropping, eavesdropping actually. In verse 12, so Sarah, this is what she does. This is her response. Sarah laughed to herself when she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I have this, now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Bing bong. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now the person that I that was speaking yesterday at, at the breakfast had definitely had a laugh. Is anything too difficult? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I didn't laugh. No. But he said, Yes, you did. <laughs> I got I, I love God's sense of humour. And I think there's something in this laugh. So if you've laughed and said, is anything too hard for God, whether you mean it or you don't mean it, the laugh I mean, I think it, I think it has a significance here. So, um, so it's left in that state where she's just laughed and said, you know, is it possible? Now we know that um, Ishmael was born and I just want to say a couple of comments on that. I, I think that sometimes we are a bit hard on Abram about this Ishmael thing, but actually culturally it was quite okay because if you didn't have an heir by your wife or your chief wife, um, then she often had handmaidens and she would culturally... Be, it was acceptable for her to give one of her handmaidens to the husband to produce an heir. So sometimes I think, oh, an Ishmael, Ishmael, you know, it's not so good. But I actually don't think that, you know, culturally it was. And I don't think either that Abram didn't believe God was going to um, give him an heir. I do believe that he believed it, just didn't know how. And so <laughs> he tried to help in the how bit. You know, I don't think he'd stop believing that God wasn't going to give him the promise. He just wasn't sure how. And that's always the hardest part, isn't it? Hey, when God gives us a promise, it's that how. It's like Moses. Oh, I think Moses never doubted that, you know, God could bring his children out of Egypt. It was, is he going to, what he doubted was, could God use me? That's exactly what he doubted. Should I just say, just keep your expectations high in God. You know, if he said something to you, 
just believe him. Just, just get it up, up again. If it's sunk down somewhere, strand your ankles, pull it up, pull your socks up. <laughs> if it's like, you know, like a sock that's fallen around your ankle, just pull it up. Just get it up a little bit higher in, in expectation to what God can do. So, you know, Ishmael was born and, and, uh, and that was okay. I just love the fact that God, um, he, he actually didn't say, he didn't stop Abraham receiving the promise because he'd helped God do it a different way. All right? God's grace was actually there. So if, you know, if you, sometimes if you, if you help God do something that really isn't the right way, but your heart's, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I don't think God, uh, I'm not, not saying uh, exactly that example because it's not culturally, <laughs> culturally right in our, in, our, in our customs, but what I'm just saying is, you know, if you've, if you've tried to make whatever it is God's promised you happen by another way and it's failed, it's okay. Just get up. Pick yourself up. It's okay. God's not going to bang you over the head or, or strike you down. It's okay. God's grace is sufficient for you. And so we find out that um, in, in chapter 21 that um, in verse 1 now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he promised and verse 6 says, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. See, I told you laughter was a key. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. <laughs> As they would. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne born him a son in his Old age. Now, does anybody know what Isaac means? He laughs. His name meant he laughs. So every time they called him, Isaac, come on, come on, Isaac, time for tea. <laughs> the expression was he laughs. I just think God's got a sense of humour. And I think God laughed last. He was the last laugh in that whole thing. I think he just laughed. But, you know, there is a, a joy in, what, in, in receiving, I believe, what God has, has promised. So, so I just want to uh, round off a little bit over in from Romans. I just want to encourage you today. I just, as, as I'm thinking about these things, I'm thinking... You know, all that God has said in his word is coming to pass. We know that because his word never fails. His word is true. What he says is true. He can't go against his word. And that's a really basic principle that we need to have in our heart as Christians. He cannot go against his word. So everything that is promised in his word is true. And... Uh, so I, do, I want to encourage you that with, you can keep your expectations high, particularly in relation to the promises that are in the word and written, because there's no way he's going to go against his word, no way at all. So we can just say, yeah, I know that's going to happen. 
yes, I know I'm this or whatever God's promised in his word's true. It's when we get to what God maybe personally has promised us, maybe in some sort of area of our life. just want to encourage you today, God hasn't forgotten. If God spoke it, God hasn't forgotten it. So just if for some reason it slipped around, just lift it up. I'm saying it again. Lift your expectations. Make them high. High expectations in God. Maybe something has happened, you know, that caused the the end result not to happen. It was, you know, it, something in your life happened. Can I just say, God, God hasn't forgotten that promise. So if you if you had something that you felt, you know, either in in your private um, life in the sense of um, your spiritual life with God, say, you know, maybe in quiet, a quiet time you heard God say something, or maybe somebody's said something and you thought, oh, yes, so it's almost been a prophetic type thing, or you have had prophecy, but it hasn't happened. If God said it, and it's true, it's got to come to pass. So can I encourage you in that? Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, I just, I felt, I, I sort of, don't get disappointed and don't get dragged down by disappointment or disillusionment or whatever, I don't know what you want to call it, but um, just take your mind back to where, hey, yeah, I remember, yeah, I was, that's what, that's what God said to me, yes, I remember that. Pick it up again, put it in that little niche of high expectations in God. Because God has called some people, God has promised some, made some promises to people in this room. Because God is God, and he will. Um, and um, so just, yeah, I just want to leave that little thought, if you can pick it up and run with it. So in Romans, Abraham's life is really interesting. You have time to read Romans 4 or Galatians 4 or Genesis. I'm sure you would enjoy. I really enjoyed uh, reading through it and seeing how God's grace worked in it all, seeing how he... It's just, it's just an incredible story because Abraham's life was um, a picture or an allegory or however you want to say it of, um, of a spiritual... Um, something in the spirit that God put set in place to Abraham years before Jesus came. God spoke to Abraham about the New Testament church. God revealed Jesus to Abraham. It's an incredible relationship, Abraham. He just the conversations he had. It's just incredible, you know. And it says that about calling to him and he will show you things you don't even, you know, you can't even imagine. God is wanting to show people 
mysteries and revelations and give understandings that you wouldn't even dream of. That's what he did with Abram. It's an incredible, incredible story. Um, and um, this, this is the age, this is the stage, this is the time where God wants to call people and, and he wants people to call him and he wants such a, a close relationship with him that he wants to tell some secrets. He wants to tell some secrets he, and, and he, wants to, he wants to reveal what his word means now. We receive a word and we, get a, we, we, we understand something when we receive it but God wants to peel off some layers of the word that he gave you and give you some more revelation on it. And you know the word of God, the word of God is just—it's just supernatural, isn't it? You think you know it, but then you read it again, and you see something that you didn't see. That's what it's like. It's revelationary. God pulls off layers. God wants to want some people. He's calling to some people. I, I believe He's calling to the end time church, really. But He's calling to people. Come on, come up, come up closer. I want to peel off my word and reveal lots and lots and lots more. He revealed so much to Abram. Abram pretty much <laughs> pretty much uh, was transported spiritually into our time. He, he knew a lot um, of, of what God had in mind, which is amazing. It's amazing. So Romans 4, um, it's just, I just want to encourage you with this a little bit. So it says in Romans 4 in chapter 18, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Against all hope. Where all human possibility failed, he hoped in God. Where everything failed, it just failed, he hoped in God. Put your hope in God. Keep your expectations high. Uh, and, and moving down to 19, 19, it says, Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. All right, so he had some anxious moments, old Abraham, and, but God didn't count it against him. And verse 20 says, um, He didn't waver, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God. Faith, he also, it says he faced the fact. He faced the fact. It says without weakening his faith, he faced the fact and faith doesn't refuse to face reality. It just looks beyond the difficulties and puts their hope or their expectation in God's promises, doesn't it? So he, he, he faced the reality but never wavered. And then uh, it says in 21, it says, um, yet being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. Uh, <laughs> because he had faith to believe that God would do what he promised and this was credited to him in righteousness. It was like he had a credit account or he had a bank account 
And every time he believed God, God paid him in righteousness. Just stuck it in his bank account in heaven. Um, you know, and um, it says that in verse 23, the, the words it was credited, credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, in whom God will credit righteousness. Gosh, this man. Pretty unbelievable. So, um, so I just want to encourage you today that uh, you keep your expectations in God high. That maybe if there's been things that haven't quite happened the way you thought they would through time or circumstances, that you revisit them and see if God is still speaking that way. I don't. I don't think when you when you receive a word and you know it's God. I don't think he goes back on his promise, his part. I think he waits for you to respond to him, you know. And he's not going to force you, you know. He's not, he's not going to put your hand up your back and say, you better do this. He's just, he doesn't do it that way. He could have done that to Abram, I think, but he didn't anyway. He's gracious to him. But go back and visit it. You know, was there a time that God spoke to you and said, hey, he says, well, I'm thinking, <laughs> how about it? But somehow time or circumstances just got the better of it. And I just say, dig it up, get it out, go look at it, ask God, pray, get close to him, welcoming him in, welcome his presence in. Find out what God's really got for you because he's got some amazing things that he wants to do. And, and I know that, I know myself that um, there is a reward. There is a reward in itself in knowing that you are actually doing and um, what God's said to do. It may not be monetary; it doesn't matter. But there is a reward in itself because you are in the perfect will of God, and there's no, there's no greater satisfaction than than actually knowing that. And walking in that, so Lord bless you. Oh, I did. I will say, if you want to come talk afterwards, or you want some prayer afterwards, please feel free to come and say hey. I'll be more than welcome. More than welcome you to do that. Uh, now we're going to um, have communion this morning, so if you uh, if you need a little uh, cup, some up on the back ledge, and there's some over on the uh, on the table. And I could say this morning, before we have our communion. What's our expectation this morning? You know, we have communion every week in this church and the, 
And Jesus said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And uh, I like to remember Jesus often. (laughs) But what's our expectation in this? You know, for, for so many people, it's just something that, well, it's just something that you do in church. But, you know, when we come with an expectation from what God has said he's going to do, we can receive <laughs> what he said. <laughs> In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, Isaiah, in this passage, is, you know, the heading in my Bible, the sin-bearing servant. It's all about Jesus. Verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs. <laughs> There's another passage in, in the Bible that says where to... Um, bear each other's burdens. <laughs> if you if if someone is bearing a burden for you, they're either helping you or they're doing it for you. <laughs> either way it's a good thing. Surely he has borne our griefs. But you know, if you've got somebody coming alongside you to help you You've actually got to receive that help. You've actually got to give over. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But. (laughs) So forget those last two lines. But. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. (laughs) And uh, Peter takes up that um, that thought in First Peter, chapter two. Peter writes who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you you were healed. Isaiah says you are healed by what Jesus is going to do. And Peter, after the event, says you were (laughs) It's already done. It's already done in what he's done as we receive it. What's our expectation of partaking of communion this morning? Is it that God can do something within us and continue to work? 
And if it is, <laughs> he's right there. He's right there and he's right waiting to do what his word promises. So I'd like to stand. <sighs> Heavenly Father, all the promises in your word are yes and amen. And all the promises are fulfilled in you, Jesus, and what you did for us. Lord, the salvation of our souls, the healing of our bodies, the healing of our minds, all things, Lord. So, Father, as we, as we look to you and have that expectation, Lord, from your promises, we thank you and we receive it as we partake of your broken body. Let's eat together. you shed your blood and it is our life blood it is our life your life becomes our life Lord so Lord we partake of your blood thank you for it the strength Thank you, Tim. And thank you, Wilma. That was a very encouraging word this morning. I love, uh, yeah, having a high expectation. Fantastic. Certainly won't forget that one. Great. Um, I've got some notices here, but um, thank you for being here this morning, everybody. It's great to see everyone's faces today. Uh, it's really nice to have you with us. Um, yesterday we did have a ladies' breakfast and uh, had about um, a dozen of us there, so that was a really nice morning together. We've got a few things happening around the men's and the ladies, but I'm just going to work my way through the week. So coming up on Wednesday, we usually have our Wednesday night prayer meeting, but it's different this week because we have our church family dinner. So we started off with um, wanting to have our volunteers together to thank them, and then we thought, no, let's thank everybody. Let's have everybody come together. So six o'clock on Wednesday night, we'll be in here and um, you're welcome to come along. Just let uh, Sammy know that you're coming. That will be really great. Um, she'll be checking if she doesn't know already. Um, we're going to have a movie out in the um, kids' room out here for the children, and um, if you're coming along and you're a member of our, um, our church family already, 
um, ladies were asking if you could bring along a suite and just let Sammy know what you might be able to make for us. But we'll be doing some things together, um, but we will be enjoying a meal and not one of you will have to do anything. You can come along and we're going to spoil you because we've got some other people coming in and they're going to look after us and serve us. So all our volunteers, you don't have to volunteer on Wednesday night, okay? Um, but can I ask for anyone who's got some muscles here, um, we need to move some tables into here because we're going to set up in here for our meal. So if you uh, hang around for a little bit after church, that would be really appreciated. Many hands make light work, don't they? We'll bring some things in ready to go. Um, so that's Wednesday night. Uh, and then on Friday, um, for our families, we have a chosen kids day out for all the kids that are school age. So if you know any of those people who couldn't be here today, um, we're going to be doing that. We're going to Melville's Caves, some bushwalking and have a campfire and it'll be amazing. And we'll rug up as we go. So that'll be a lot of fun. That's on Friday. And then on Saturday morning, the men don't miss out. They're having breakfast uh, together as well over the holiday break. So that's going to be at our place, at the Maxwell's, um, at 8 o'clock as well. So um, you're more than welcome to come along to that. Any of the men who would like to join us need to let Tim know, I expect, so that we can cater appropriately. Um, also, uh, coming up, we have anyone that would be interested in um, gaining a food handling certificate. It's always good to have people in the church who have that certificate. So that's on the 12th of August and then the 1st of September. So you need to see Mel um, about that. And also, Mel will be looking after um, first aid updates uh, coming up too for anyone's interested in that. If you'd like to make sure that's all up to date, um, she's going to run some sessions for us for the church people. Okay. And one final thing is that uh, if you want to listen again to any of the messages or anything that you any messages you may have missed along the way um, Sammy is now loading those onto our website so you can go straight to our church website and you can listen again that'll be great we can listen to Wilma again yes she's delighted um, so um, yes that's a really good thing to be able to do too so thank you again for coming along today uh, it's been nice to have you with us we look forward to seeing everyone on Wednesday have a lovely week and don't forget to keep your expectations high in God great good morning God bless you